Welcome to What's the Matter, the pod and video cast where we talk about anything and everything with a psychology twist. The content isn't going to be super heavy and technical, but as peak performance specialists, we want you to get the most out of life by getting the most out of yourselves. My dad and I are going to be covering a whole host of real life topics and conversations. We really hope you enjoy it, but most importantly, let's have some fun. Hi everybody, welcome to What's the Matter? So if you managed to catch us last time talking about the importance of thinking, then welcome back. And if this is your first time listening in, then a huge hello. So I'm joined this morning by my fabulous, glamorous co-host again, Mr. Dad. How are you, Dad? I'm good, but that's sort of become a thing. The Mr. Dad thing is becoming a thing, isn't it? You're going to have to change your name. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Change your social media names. There's a whole brand in there somewhere, I think, isn't there? I know, I know. So um, so this morning we are going to be talking to each other about dealing with difficulties and challenging situations. I'm um, going to cover a couple of different scenarios, but I mean probably the most obvious one to start with is lockdown, coronavirus and the pandemic that we're all in. So obviously there's a whole host of difficulties you could be experiencing with this. So there's employment, um, you know, whether you've been furloughed or if you're self-employed or maybe even made redundant. Um, Financially, it's quite difficult. Um, Relationships have been a bit tough for people. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of things that are a little bit challenging, even the obviously social distancing and that we've not been with people and the fact that we're now able to see people again, some people are finding that difficult. So um, so yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, I mean, how have you found things even from your personal um, perspective? Uh, I've, yeah, strangely, Em, I've, I've, I'm careful who I say this to, and obviously this could be going out to lots of people. I've partially enjoyed lockdown. Um, it's yeah. a whole new scenario, and I think that's 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 the thing for everybody. You know, whether we're talking about the pandemic and lockdown or or any other challenge, stroke, difficulty in life, usually we put that label on something because it we're faced with something which is new, or we're faced with something which is by perception bigger than we are, or we might have a run in life where there's a whole load of things that seem to be happening in a fairly short space of time, where by any one of them, we could, any one of those things we might be able to feel we could handle, but quite a lot of them in a short space of time become overwhelming and seem yeah. too much. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, in our experience, you know, of working in this sort of field for, you know, as we've said, over, over two decades, not all stress and anxiety, but a lot of stress and anxiety is a consequence within people of a perception that something is bigger than we are or we're faced with something that we haven't faced before it's yeah. new we don't know if we'll get through it and i think one of the greatest challenges for you know people all over the world with the coronavirus and you know covid-19 and the pandemic is such huge uncertainty because there's so many things we don't know yeah we've just not you know, there was Spanish flu early last century, but for people that are on the planet now, we haven't really been through something like this before. Um, no. Governments haven't known how to handle it because it's a new virus. Uh, there's a lot of trying to learn as we go. So, wow, the uncertainty and uh, and and vagueness about where we're going and uh, and and anxiety is perfectly understandable. Perfectly. Understandable. Yeah, and and also like we don't have. We've talked last time in our last podcast about, you know, what we what we have control over. Mm. Um, and a lot of people feel that there's, you know, in in general, people can feel that their circumstances control them. Now, mm. obviously, we don't have nobody has control over the fact that this has happened. But we do obviously have control over our the way we're 
thinking about it, how we're focusing on everything that's going on, doesn't mean it's really easy and you're going to snap out and be like, woohoo, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. But there are some positives to come out of it. Um, you know, before we get, get into all of the different sort of scenarios. I mean, I definitely found it a bit tough at, at the beginning. Um, I'm newly self-employed. I'm not liable for any government help, um, or unless I took a loan out, which obviously I don't really want to do. Um, and I live in a one-bed flat with, um, obviously, my boyfriend, who I love very much, but we haven't lived with each other very long. So it's it was like confined space. Mm. Um, yeah, new new work scenario for me. Can't get any help. There was a lot that I found overwhelming and mm. I sort of had to coach myself out of it. Um, but then you take on new projects and you focus on things differently. So, I mean, uh, there's loads of different things I've done in lockdown, like <laughs> learned the splits, I've done learned handstands, I've done loads of things. But I took control of my flat. I've decorated my flat. Um, not saying that's ignoring the problem, but I mean, there's just different ways of dealing with and focusing on things. Yeah. And we, we as human beings, we can adapt to things quicker than we think we can um I don't know would you agree with that I think yeah I would, we all I have the ability to adapt to things yeah. and I think the, the, the fascinating thing is that obviously it's not been the same experience for everybody because I think no, people's definitely. living conditions are a massive influence on how we are handling it ultimately it comes back to what's going on in our head obviously which we're going to talk about in a short while but you know I Mum and I are very fortunate. We live in a cottage in the countryside. We've got a lovely garden. The scenery around here is beautiful. There's lots of nature. That, that's all stuff that we love. So, actually, and a super cute dog. And a super cute dog, absolutely. So, you know, we've actually um, because because of lockdown, we as a business, we had lots of work postponed, which yeah. commercially is not great. Uh, that impacts cash flow. So, you know, we have we've still been touched by all of this, but you know, people are touched in varying ways based on you know what we think we know and what we teach certainly with our core mindspan program you know i just decided you know like you said a little while ago there's so many things i don't control around this whole scenario but what do i have more control over and that's really how i respond to it all and i just decided with some key thought around okay how am i going to spend my time what are the things i can do um, and while sometimes the financial aspect of what's happened has been very challenging because we've still got a business, still trying to run a business, yeah. um, we've developed way more video work with clients. Yeah. So, you know, increasingly been doing a lot of one-to-one -one coaching by video. Um, some clients have been really innovative and they've still and they've furloughed their employees, but they've asked us to deliver video sessions. So I was delivering a session the other day, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, there was sort of 16 people from all over the UK, all all, all uh, joining the session from home yeah um, and actually it worked really really well so we, <clears throat> but we've also soon uh, mum and I've also cycled we've also yeah, yeah, um, yeah. picked up the golf clubs again because golf became oh, available yeah. before most other sports and I suppose to some degree we've been mildly fortunate as a country in as much as this isn't the middle of winter it's oh yeah I think we've been very fortunate uh, mm -hmm. really really fortunate um yeah, and uh, well, your mum are playing golf pretty much yes. professionally yes. now. <laughs> I wouldn't say professionally, um, but yeah. But it's, 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 I guess uh, there's a question I've asked myself a lot in life in, in situations when I have a, a, a major challenge or something's occurred which I haven't faced before or, or we've been working on a project which was going well and then it's for one reason or another it goes a bit pear shaped. 
Yeah. Rather than be rather than buckle and be overwhelmed by those scenarios, one of the first things that I do anyway is I ask myself, okay, what can I do? Yeah. Because sometimes our, our I think our mental and emotional response to these sorts of challenges, big and small in life, is the brain can go off in quite a negative, destructive direction where yeah. we end up contemplating and thinking a lot about the devastation of it all, what can go wrong, how terrible it's going to be, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Now, I, I wouldn't say we shouldn't ever do that. I think we should, it's sensible to contemplate, you know, the consequences of certain things. Yeah, not being why, so fluffy that you can never, absolutely. you know, think about, obviously not always focusing on risk and what could go wrong, but you do kind of need to have some sort of sensible head on you and think, yeah, I can positively direct my thoughts, but I can't, but, but you know, I don't know for me sometimes knowing that there's risk and um like even with the mortgage and stuff flat I was I was kind of like you what can I do what can I do in this scenario if I don't do anything if I don't make a change I cannot pay to live here and I and and obviously I would that scares me but I don't fester on it I think think, so what you what you did didn't do and don't do is you don't contemplate that risk start to create the fear because the fear is nothing wrong with fear fear is just feedback yeah but then what you decided was you weren't going to live in that place for the next three months in that place of huge fear and almost like because I think when we do that if, if we start thinking about the downsides of something that's a perfectly sensible thing to do in my view yeah but if you then stay there mentally and emotionally and you live there that the fear gets greater and greater and that almost paralyzes you yeah into inactivity and yeah. the analogy I often use, which isn't a very pleasant one, it's a little bit like a rabbit being caught in headlights. You know, a rabbit sitting yeah. in the road, seeing the headlights, and it's just fixed on what's going to happen. And that, so it happens. That's yeah. an awful thing. And sorry for that analogy. But the, the, the point is, contemplate the risk. Contemplate the downsides of what could happen, because that's a sensible thing to do. But then we need to shift our focus onto what we can do. Yeah. Because that that is more likely to empower us to create the an appropriate set of emotions that get us active doing yeah. things and hopefully if we've thought about the scenario well enough and the solutions we're then acting upon and, and undertaking the, the the right sort of things that are going to move us out of the move us away from the challenge or overcome the problem or deal with the difficulty yeah and i think the pandemic we've seen obviously multitudes of different reactions and responses from very from different people and and um i've, I've certainly met some people or, or been talking to some people who you know, the situation has, has created amazingly, amazing challenges for them. You know, huge problems in their lives, but they've worked through it. Yeah. They've worked through it. And I've, I have met some others or spoken to some others who obviously have had some challenges, but by comparison, I would say to a lesser scale, and they've done very little. They've been yeah. very, they haven't been proactive at all. And they've just sat in this space of doom, gloom and, um, and inactivity, really. Yeah, and something quite special happens. I don't, I don't think we can always explain it. When we, when you take action, when you do something, even if you sometimes might initially do something and it's not the best thing to do, but it's you're doing something. Yeah, it, start, it starts movement. There's a sense of movement rather than being passive, doing nothing, focusing on the negatives all the time, and yeah, not taking action or not doing anything and just almost receiving, almost just taking on the chi and everything that's being thrown at you, if that makes sense. That doesn't yeah. feel... But our focus is, is crucial in all of this. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So there's, obviously, you know this, and I will talk through this, but there's sort of three key ways of focusing, isn't there? Mm. 
one of which is a lot more beneficial than than the others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say. So obviously, <clears throat> first way is is focusing on failure, isn't it? So I'm never going to make it through this pandemic. I'm never going to sort myself out financially. I'm never going to pay my mortgage, and uh, that's where your focus is going. Obviously, the brain's teleological. We won't get really sciencey with it, as as you obviously know. I'm telling you things you you uh, preach here, but that means that we're end goal orientated, doesn't it? Mm. So where our whatever our focus is on is more likely to happen, isn't it? Because we're like yeah. that's where our our direction is is sort of going towards. Um, you probably all describe the heat-seeking missile thing a bit better than I will. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the yeah we do, we have a very the brain is a very what we could call a very directional me- mechanism. In as yeah. much as you mentioned the word teleological, it is just to sort of bring that word to life for people. It, the brain is a bit like a heat-seeking missile. Yeah, as much as just like a heat-seeking missile locks onto a target and then pursues it, the brain we could say works in a very similar fashion. So. The more we think about and focus on something a particular way, the more likely the brain will move you in that di- move us in that direction or move you towards doing that thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that obviously, obviously, the more we focus on not on, on failing. So we have thoughts, like yeah. you said, around almost expecting failure. It. It's all going to go yeah. wrong. I'm useless at this. Every time I do it, I mess it up. I'm, uh, I'm going to lose my house. This is all going to go pear-shaped. Almost like an expectancy of failure. The very target your brain's locking onto is failure. Yeah, and definitely. If I just if I just ping that back to you, Em, and say, go, linking into the the previous episode about the importance of how we think. Yeah. Focus is really another word for thinking. That, that oh, It's just another word for thinking. And but when we when we use the word focus, what we're really saying there is that's when you know, mentally our, our thoughts are pointed in a that's specific the direction, direction, isn't it? The yeah, direction. We're pointed of our at some. We're pointing our thoughts at something or a particular scenario or a particular outcome. So that focus is another word for thought. So if someone were, so if you were thinking, you know, in, in pandemic about, or your your thoughts are like this nearly all day, every day, this is where your focus is. This is a complete disaster. I'm never going to pay my mortgage. There's nothing I can do about this. Um, every time I face this situation, I mess it up, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. How, what's the emotions you're likely to experience through thinking and focusing that way? You're going to feel so defeated. You're not going to, if you're in that mindset, it's highly unlikely that you're going to find a way out mm-hmm. because you're not giving yourself the room to think about your head is not giving you not got the room to think about a way out or a you know a positive action to take from it because you just everything's bigger than you it's all yeah. you know you've, you that's how i think often it's low confidence as well um and just yeah low self belief you just feel you feel very inferior and small and kind of helpless and it's, mm. it's very it's not a positive emotion attached to that um I think what you just said i think is is wonderful in terms of how you, how you articulated that around you you'll feel the way you're thinking and focusing on the scenario you make you make yourself without realizing it feels small yeah the, the scenario huge everything's bigger than you. over you yeah and that's that doesn't create confidence that doesn't create empowerment that doesn't create motivation you know those are things we need to feel to to, to drive ourselves to take action to, yeah. to solve the problem you 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 feel the opposite you feel dim, you feel small you feel diminished you feel disempowered low in confidence 
And the longer you're there, the more you stay there, the deeper that gets. I just think about it as like you're in, that is almost like being in a tiny room, like a boiler cupboard. And you just can't, it's, it's claustrophobic. A lot of times you think, oh, it's a bit hard to breathe. It's like sweaty palms. It's all a bit much. It's overwhelming, like you say. Everything is, yeah, you're not, a lot of the time in that sort of head way of thinking, you don't give yourself the power to think. No. Absolutely. Okay, I'll, I can actually change this. Mm. So, obviously, that's yeah the first way of thinking, um, and we'll apply this to sorry the first way of focus, and um, apply this to some other scenarios in a minute. Second way is um, focusing on not failing, isn't it? So, mm. you've got first one focusing on failing, second one focusing on not failing. So, even if your head, you, your your sort of heart's in the right place, of obviously I don't want to lose my house. Mm. But, you're still focusing on losing your house, even though it's a negative iteration of that, isn't it? So, yeah. Oh, I don't want to not. I don't want to not be able to pay my mortgage, or um, even though you might not feel quite so defeated as the first way I've just mentioned, but you're still with those dominant thoughts and the and the brain, you know, being so directional, like we said. Um, you're still focusing on not being able to do something. Like I always um, think about it with, you know. We talk about it even with like children and sort of saying instead of saying don't fall over don't slip in don't slip on the edge of the pool um don't fall down the slide like i know children are obviously a lot more susceptible to this but they're they're probably a bit more likely to slip over fall down the slide or hurt themselves um whereas rather saying be careful which is obviously the third way of focus isn't it so positively yeah, focusing on yeah something. hanging on this that second way of focusing around focusing on not failing the fascinating thing is, and most people can understand this, you know, even with the the, the listeners and watchers on this podcast, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't set up a, a Darren Brown experiment here necessarily, <laughs> but if I said, I don't know, to, it could be interesting. <laughs> yeah, if I said over the next few seconds, those of you that are listening and watching, you know, just try really hard not to think of a giraffe. Yeah. M most, not maybe not all, but most not listeners them, but, and watchers will yeah. probably have a giraffe image in their head. Um, and when I, run, when I do run that sort of experiment, sometimes with large groups of people, you know, a lot of people end up thinking of a giraffe. Some will think of an elephant and I haven't worked yeah. out why it is. And some just I've had that with people on one to one. They've <laughs> yeah. said, no, no, I thought of a blue elephant. So. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, it's unless unless our tiny conscious mind is really on it and standing yeah. guard on the door of our mind. The more we think about not failing, what we actually are picturing is failure. Yeah. And, and if you in your head, if you when you just like not thinking of a giraffe, if you think about not paying your mortgage, not being able to pay your mortgage, not this not happening, that not happening, how awful your life would be, that's the image that you're creating in your head. You're almost imagining. Yeah. And, and again, the yeah, the fascinating thing is we've got this massive thing called the subconscious. Again, we're, we're going yeah. to talk about subconscious and conscious on future episodes. But I, um, I, I think that the subconscious has quite a few quirks, little strange yeah. things. And one of the very strange things about the subconscious is it finds it very hard not to do something. So the more you think about not doing something, the more likely you actually will do it. Yeah. So another example of that that most people can acknowledge is, you know, if you were out socially in a in a pub or a bar or a restaurant, which we're not at the minute because yeah, you know, that that, that those that were the days. Easing, yeah, hasn't sort of happened yet, but hopefully it'll come back soon in the future. But imagine you're at, you're at a social function, and you're with a group of people having a conversation, and then someone in the group suddenly blurts out. You know, whatever you do, don't look now because so and so has just walked in. 
Yeah, and everyone. And, unless unless someone's really consciously concentrating on what that person said, and they enable to, they, they stop themselves. Most people will turn their head. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll look. They'll do the very thing that someone just told them not to do because that's the way your subconscious works. Yeah. So when we start to consider the hugely directional nature of the human brain, the fact we've got a massive subconscious that can't not do things, that helps people to understand when we focus on not failing, so trying not to mess up, yeah. trying to fail, trying not to fail an exam, trying not to upset people, trying not to say the wrong thing, all those, all that stuff we focus on sometimes that we yeah. don't want to happen, it's actually more likely to yeah. happen. So, and that's also, just because of the way the brain works. Yeah, and, and you know this as well, like the more you are visualizing things, so if you're visualizing and constantly focusing on bad things, even if it's not that you don't want them to happen, but you're imagining not being able to pay your mortgage, you're imagining not being able to go and do all these things or yeah, financially be stable. We will start to feel emotions that we would be feeling if that happens. Yeah. Just so like, just like the first way of focusing. Yeah. You start, you start thinking, well, and equally with the third way, if you're focusing on being able to make, make those payments or, um, you know, being comfortable and calm in your relationship when it's a bit different and, you know, you'll feel happier when you're starting to think about the success of those things, when you're focusing on, yeah, them not going well and them not being successful, you don't feel so good. So mm. that also with the thinking cycle we talked about last time, how your thoughts affect, you know, your emotions, your behaviors, everything. You're not going to be in a very good headspace to deal with the day or deal with lockdown because you're you're taking on some pretty negative emotions and there's nothing wrong with being a bit scared or being a bit frightened as you say mm. of okay this is because I, I felt it you know as I say I can't get I, when I first found out I couldn't get I wasn't eligible for any for the grant or anything um which obviously is a great scheme they put together and I totally understand why I haven't been running long enough but I did have probably half an hour where I was quite petrified and and didn't feel very good and started thinking, oh, what if I can't pay my mortgage? And I, I did have a bit of a moment like that. I'm pretty sure I called you. And yeah. um, and then the next day, so I experienced it. I let myself be frightened. But the next day, I sat down for quite a few hours and pretty much coached myself and made a new plan of action and almost treated myself like a client. <laughs> um, but like, what can we do? What do I have control over? Um, and I, I think I probably felt quite driven with it because I was so scared the day before. Yeah. So th not, th not that there's ever a wrong way, like you say, with looking at some of the, you know, analysing a situation and looking at what the different outcomes could be, good or bad. But it's just, yeah, how long do you stay there for? And yeah. and not not letting those be bigger than you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a lovely turn of phrase, Em. And I think the it's just it's really i think it's really useful for the for for you know the listeners and watchers of the podcast and video cast just to realize that the more the more we focus in a particular way about on something so that yeah. so you're thinking about it but you're focusing and thinking about it a particular way the more life you give that thing yeah so whatever that subject is the more life you the more airtime you give something in here the bigger you make it yeah obviously it's not just the subject that you're focusing on it's how you focus on the subject so do you focus on this whatever whatever, whatever your focus is are you focusing on failing yeah 
Are you focusing on not failing? And whilst those two ways of focusing sound the same, uh, sound different, they're actually the same. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Because at the end of the day, your focus is still on that thing. On failure. So what you have in your head is an image of failure. So it's the third way of focusing, which is most helpful to us based on how the brain works, which is focusing on succeeding. And we what you and I don't mean when we say that is, you know, to focus on it in an arrogant blase way. I'm just going to be successful. That's not what we mean, but it's, but what is your version of success? So in this lockdown and the pandemic, you know, it is a challenge for everybody, but it would be great if people can realize, you know, through this podcast and video cast, if people can realize more, how are they focusing on a particular, on this situation and the various situations within it. And there's nothing wrong with, as you say, Cal- uh, focusing on the risk for a little while yeah. or calculating or, or reflecting on what the risks could be and the downsides and feeling a bit of fear and then using that fear to say, whoa, this isn't going to be great for me. Now let me start focusing yeah. on what, I, what, I, what do I want to do? What do I want to create out of this? What's my version of success through this pandemic? And then as you did, you you were thinking different and focusing differently. You felt differently. You put a plan together. Yeah. And then you're empowered because then you're taking action and then you're working your way through a difficult a difficult challenge. Yeah. You're finding solutions to it. And we also know the brain is much more resourceful when we're thinking and feeling more constructively. Yeah. The brain is, is able to be more creative most of the time. You'll find it easier to have solutions. Excessive fear shuts everything down. Yeah. Really shuts down our it's, resources. It's almost like writer's block, isn't it? But you've got thinking block yeah. where you. I I did think that that day. I as I've said to you, when I felt the day it was all announced and I realised, I guess I was evaluating the situation. And when I was hyper, not hyper emotional, that I was like, ah, but when I was <laughs> like quite emotional and it was and felt overwhelmed. I'm in that in that headspace. I. I found it very difficult to think about how can I change this because I wasn't in the best of headspaces at that moment to think of the new scenario. I'd, mm. I did, I said to Reese, my boyfriend, I was like, I feel like I've got thinking block, like writer's block, where I just, my head isn't being resourceful because, mm. yeah, you're not really allowing it to. You've, you're, you're feeding so many other scenarios, you know, hypothetical scenarios in your head that, there's almost no room for um yeah for solutions. they were mostly they were mostly one could say more negative destructive scenarios yeah. you out in your head which yeah. is and understandable because that's part of uh, contemplating what could go wrong and we should i think we should do that but we shouldn't yeah. live there as we said yeah, earlier yeah, leave in that place because you'll just you almost paralyze yourself in terms of taking any actions or getting on with yeah. something or finding a solution but i, I like your I almost like the the ratio that you did that you did that for half an hour yeah. And you start to realise where you were. Uh, oh, crikey, where have I taken myself? And it's a perfectly appropriate place to be yeah. for a short while. But then you almost do a little feedback loop to yourself. Was okay, I've been there for half an hour. I don't feel great. Yeah, it doesn't feel, feel good. I don't feel very yeah. empowered. Okay, based on how what I coach people with, how can I now coach myself? And certainly by the next day, you're a bit, almost like a woman on a mission in some respects. Yeah, I was. You know? I looked slightly crazy probably for a little while talking to myself in the mirror. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> thought, I, I sort of have to treat myself like I would a client. Um, so, th- yeah, I think that's a really good way of kind of covering the way that we think. I wanted to just talk about, because um, I know work and financial wise has, has been difficult for a lot of people, but relationships, that has been definitely something for even some of my friends I've spoken to that are in new situations or, I mean, even if people are living with their other half, 
um, you might not spend that much time together in in the in the house or wherever well, you're normally living. Normally, through the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, through the pandemic, I think that's been a real shift for a lot of people. They're not used to that much time with somebody, mm. and um, yeah. So I'll we'll go to it, into it in a minute. But you've obviously got flexing like that with with the other person, and then equally, couples that don't live together. Um, I've had a few one to one clients that don't live with their other half and had to spend quite a lot of time away from them. Um, so yeah, that's obviously really difficult for, mm. for a lot of people, but, um, I think probably I might even just touch on my own experience here from, from living from lockdown. Um, so my boyfriend will vouch for this. I, and I've definitely in, inherited this trait from you, dad. I'm quite particular about how the flat's kept. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a little bit OCD, but not yeah. actually OCD, but I, I do take the hoover around quite regularly. I'm Things are a certain way and I'm used to being here on my own in the day. Um, and my perception of what the flat means is probably very different to what Reese's perception of what the flat is. Oh, just knocked my microphone. Um, and I th- there was a bit of a learning curve of, you know me thinking why doesn't he treat it like I do and he probably thinks why is she running the hoover around again like and Mm. sort of when you're focusing on yeah as we're talking about focus when you're focusing on things not being put away or things not being done straight away I I wasn't feeling too good because I was Mm. you know that's all I think about rather than the fact that actually you know what he's been really good he's taken the bins down he's done this he's done that but when you're sort of thinking why aren't they do why why haven't they done that they should have I would have done that and um obviously Reese does know I love him very much I'm not um (laughs) not calling him out on here but we live differently and that was a quite a big thing to have to flex to and as soon as I actually started thinking quite differently about it like focusing on all the good things that are actually being done in the flat I felt a million times better but I know a lot of couples have had that thing where they're just thinking then either not used to the person being with them so much or yeah it's been a bit of a I think quite a difficult thing for a lot of people so obviously you and mum don't normally spend this much time together but nope probably done you the world of good really uh, yeah we're playing we're, golf we're, together and we've yeah we yeah we, we've had a we have a good marriage we've been married over 30 years but you, you like most relationships you'll have your ups and downs along the way but actually yeah it's well we've had a really good time actually in in with each other you know because we yeah. I haven't physically seen that many people, particularly living where we live and because of lockdown and dis- social distancing and everything. We spent a lot of time with each other. But I agree with you, Andy. What you're illustrating there around the life in your flat with Reese is, again, comes back to a key part of focus that what we focus on, we become more sensitized to. Yeah. And you notice more of. So the example I often give people is, you know, most people can relate to the fact that if they change their car, Let's say yeah. that someone decides to change their car and they, they buy a new stroke, different type of car, um, whatever that car, te- whatever that car is. For most people, they can acknowledge this, that actually in the first few weeks of having your new car, you seem to notice more of that type of car on the road than you used to. Yeah. Mum and I have been playing more golf recently. So when I'm reading um, anything on the Internet or I might be reading a magazine or a newspaper or something, my brain is highly sensitized to golf at the moment. So I'll notice adverts for golf, yeah. um, golf equipment, um, stories about golf. My brain is almost more sensitized to it. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Norwich City fan, football fan. So 
Uh, Come on, you yellows. I know, we certainly need some (laughs) help at the moment. But the point is also is I've been on holiday abroad uh, at certain times and been in the town square of a big European city where there are thousands of people. And within, you know, 30 seconds of entering the square, my brain notices the one person out of all of those thousands wearing a Norwich City shirt. Now, I'm not consciously doing that. But because of my focus and my interests and what yeah. I think about a lot and how I think about that stuff and focus on it, my brain is then sensitized to it. So the yeah. more you have in your brain, the more you are focusing on what Reese doesn't do. Yeah. The more you're going to notice what Reese doesn't do. No, and, definitely. And you have those clashes. But when you yeah. shift your focus to, OK, of course, there are some things he doesn't do that I do. But actually, what what is he doing? You started yeah. noticing more of what he does do. Um, yeah. So our. Our folk, our brain is a wonderful bit of kit, and which is why we're we have a podcast talking about it. Yeah. But we need to be, I say we, I'm talking about people generally. We need to be very careful what we think about and focus yeah. on for hours on end, because we then notice more of that. We move towards that point of focus, and we live what we're focusing on, because it's we're giving Almost it more. Almost ignore the other stuff. Yeah, but it, yeah. it really, as I say, it really sensitizes the brain in terms of that subject that we're focusing on and you'll notice more of it yeah and the fascinating thing is you can put two people into the same scenario and they will notice different things in that scenario and almost have a different experience and that's not because of what's happening it's because of the way they think and focus yeah uh, and they become sensitized to that you know football is a prime example and sport is you know you have two fans who sit next to each other both supporting the same team but one has a real bee in his be in his or her bonnet about a particular player and they think they're rubbish and the other person sitting next to them thinks that player's great. Yeah. They know it's different things in the game because they yeah. are, their, their brains are sensitised to their own opinion. And then yeah. this brings us to this wonderful phrase that's been coined in psychology in more recent years called confirmation bias. Oh, yeah. yeah how our, brain, we are, our brains become biased towards certain evidence and certain things around us predominantly because of how we think and focus in daily yeah. life. No, definitely. And as you say, the more that's also linking into into the whole focus and everything as well, isn't it? Just mm. the more that you're the more you're thinking, the more the more you're thinking something, the more you're seeing that thing and focusing yeah. on that thing, and the more that is the biggest the biggest thing really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that and um, also then is is your reality. Yeah. And and the the wonderful thing is, I think, you know, we're all doing this. Everyone's running around. We've got millions of people running around the UK and billions around the world. Most of which think their reality is the reality. Yeah. When actually it's their reality. Yeah. Um, it's like you get so many people say, why, why um, you know, get really, really frustrated over somebody they might not even know very well. Mm. Why have they done that? Why would they do that? Because that person wouldn't do it, mm. you know. And if we do need diversity like that, in you can't have everybody being the same in the world because it'd be really boring. Um, and how would you ever learn every anything? Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like I should just caveat. My boyfriend has been very good at doing things around the house. <laughs> You're feeling mildly guilty now. Aren't you? I'm you feeling mildly guilty that this could yeah. go out. Um, I just. I know I'm yeah it was just where my focus was and we we started learn we just started doing things differently to we normally would in lockdown so mm-hmm. taking on new hobbies I guess like you've done golf we've yeah. obviously because we've watched last dance we've been going playing basketball or trying to create new enjoyment that is different to lockdown and that's what aside from relationships I think that is one thing I've spoken to a lot of people about with with um 
their focus and their thoughts around lockdown and the pandemic and what's gone on and you might have had business goals you might have had fitness goals you could have had any goal that that kind of has to shift because mm-hmm. the circumstances have shift yeah and you know there's we we have control over ourselves we don't have control over the everything going on in the world but um you know it's it's learning to shift accepting that things can't happen our reality is diff has changed as in the reality we're living in not that it's um like i'll give i'll give um i'll give the example of actually working my work because i wanted to be at a certain point by now with being self-employed um and i you probably remember me talking to you about this that and that just can't happen not because i don't want it to i'm not focusing on it i physically can't be out presenting in loads of different businesses at the moment because no one's in an office Mm. um and yeah probably in that overwhelming half an hour I had I thought I'm not doing as well as I'd hoped um and yeah not not feeling too great about about where work was going to be going for the next few months but I had to accept the next day this is not going to be the peak of my career in the next six months or three to six months because of Physically, we can't. I know you're doing video calls. I'm obviously changing how I'm doing a lot of one-to-one clients via video, and things I've flexed and things have changed. But I have accepted that this is not going to be where I can boom, I guess, as much as I'd wanted to at this point. So a lot of with with lockdown is accepting, accepting the circumstances, accepting there's a difference in our reality, and creating new goals off the back of it. So. Mm. Yeah, okay, I can't go and present in a huge business right now, but perhaps I could get 10 one-to-one clients via mm. video or, you know, changing your goals. And um, as I say, that doesn't have to apply to work. That could apply to, obviously, I'm a big gym goer. Um, a lot of people have things like, oh, I really want to be able to do this by June and lift this amount by June. And you're not, it's very hard to cut, to cut, to get weights at the moment. And it's instead thinking, okay, well, maybe weightlifting isn't going to be the big thing for me right now. Perhaps I could run 5k um so putting your success in a different direction that is manageable and doable in the circumstances we're in and not feeling defeated by the fact that you can't do what you had originally planned um well, that comes back to what we were talking about earlier em doesn't it that actually you know these themes are, are becoming apparent quite clearly through through our discussions on these podcasts and, and video casts that you know, we're not in, you know, we don't have control of the world outside us, outside of us. And, you know, some major stuff's happened around the world, around the pandemic, etc., which has actually triggered all sorts of other things as well, too. Um, and whilst, you know, we, we're not able to control the world outside of us, we have more ability to get a grip of or more of a control of us. Yeah. And, and part of that is, OK, what am I going to do then? What am I going to mm. do? The world's changed. Maybe because the world changed, my goals might need to change. Or actually, you might have one or two people think, actually, I'm still going to pursue the same goals. Yeah. Because I still think I can get there, even in the pandemic, you know. And yeah. you know, we started a new, a new arm to the business uh, earlier this year. Ideally, you know, we could have done without coronavirus because, you know, that's, that's had a part to play in slowing things down on the launch of that business. But to be honest, we've still done loads of work on it. Yeah. We're just so just what we're doing. We've spent our time on some other things in that business. And actually, we've still made incredible progress on that business, yeah. even though it's different to what it would have been if coronavirus wasn't yeah you know, hadn't have happened so 
yeah, I think we've started this as well, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we we decided to get our act together and say well, let's get the podcast going. We've been talking about it for a long time, so yeah, you know, there are certain things we you know we have done through this through this pandemic experience that actually we might not have done if we hadn't have experienced it. But yeah, because it's about what can we do, and yeah. you know how can we you know maybe shift some of those goals or even keep the same goals but change the actions we were going to take, and yeah, as I said at the start of the the the, the, the podcast video cast of today's episode something quite magical happens when we do stuff you know yeah. taking action sometimes even if you take an action and it turns out not to be you know the best action but you did you did something you might then just reevaluate that then take a different action but all of that i think is more constructive than sitting paralyzed becoming you know creating overwhelms of fear that just mean we sort of become that rabbit sitting in the middle of the road yeah dazzled by the headlights you know yeah no and there's three ways of focus and there's three things that you can do so yeah, I'm going to let you wrap it up nicely because you're much more eloquent than I am. <laughs> Wouldn't, say Wouldn't say that. I think, yeah, it's been a really fascinating discussion with you mm. today. So thank you for that. Um, I would just encourage people to really major on and, and reflect upon how they are focusing at any one time yeah. in any scenario. So we've obviously used the pandemic and lockdown as a bit of a bit of a thing because you know, lots of people have been touched by that uh, and still are at the moment. But any any challenge or even just in day-to-day -day life you know where is our focus at any one time we can focus on failing and yeah. i don't suppose anyone consciously decides to do that but what we really mean by focusing on failing is it's having thoughts like this is all going to go wrong i'm useless every time i do this i mess it up it's bound to happen again it's almost like a, a, an expectation that things are going to go wrong or that you're going to mess up that's what we yeah that's how we describe focusing on failing and obviously because if we focus like that because of the teleological nature to the human brain, it's very directional. Um, that's almost the target your brain's locking onto is failure. And you make it very yeah. likely. You make that not guaranteed, but likely to happen. Yeah. Second, very common way of focusing is focusing on not failing. There's a lot of people, I think, running around in different life scenarios, trying not to mess up or trying not to fail. Or of, often people on a diet are focusing on the food they shouldn't be eating. Yeah. Well, food they should be eating and it's so common if you think about not having a donut what do you want yeah you want a donut so yeah, exactly. the more you think about not having it the more you're imagining having it so and the more tasting you want it, it and yeah tasting it and the saliva just not yeah. to do saliva dribble everywhere <laughs> imagine the sugar on your lips or whatever yeah so it's a lovely example of the more you focus on not failing the more likely you'll move in that direction or the more it will happen um because of the teleological brain and the fact you've got a massive subconscious that can't not do things that's mm -hmm. a quirk and then yeah. we'll talk about that in future episodes. So the most helpful way of sort of focusing and thinking uh, in a particular about a particular subject or within life is to focus on succeeding. Again, not in an arrogant blase way, but focus on the outcome you want to create. Focus on the, the process or the strategy or the things you need to do to get there. And if you fill your head with the outcomes you're looking to, to, to create or the things you want to achieve or the problems to overcome the solutions, and the things you need to do to get there, if that's what you focus on, that feels very different. The emotion yeah. you'll create will be very different. You'll be utilizing the directional nature of the brain in a much more helpful way, because it's a bit like a heat-seeking missile. And you are much more likely to move yourself in that direction. Um, so that, yeah, for me, is really listeners and watchers of this podcast, you know, try or work at understanding where you're focusing in any, at any given yeah. time whether you're a professional athlete i do loads of focus work with professional athletes and leadership teams and all sorts of other groups sales teams whatever all over the place 
you know, be more aware of where your focus is at any one time. And just remember, focus is another word for thoughts, really. Yeah. And number three is where you want to get to. Practice, practice, practice. Spending time thinking about the outcomes you're trying to create and the things you need to do to get there. That's your version of success. So focus on that stuff. Yeah. Oh, you did round that up rather wonderfully. Thank you. I'm well practiced. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, thank you for your time today, Dad. And Pleasure. we're obviously going to be back again in another two weeks. Um, topic TBC, but it's going to be a, be a good one. We've got a lot, a, a long list, haven't we? <laughs> a very long list of topics to talk about over yeah. the next two or three years I would think yeah I think I think so um but yeah thank you for your time and um I will yeah speak to you later yeah take care Em thanks bye bye so guys thank you so much for tuning into this episode of what's the matter I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful Uh, my dad and I are going to be back again in another two weeks of the new episode but in the meantime stay safe and have a good rest of the week